An agreement's been reached to extend the Israel-Hamas truce, with the militant group expected to free another 10 hostages a day for two days. Today, 11 hostages were released by Hamas and are now back in Israel. 33 Palestinian prisoners were freed in return. It brings the total number of Israeli hostages released to 69, mainly women and children, and Palestinians freed to 150. The exchanges have taken place during a four-day ceasefire in Gaza, the first diplomatic breakthrough since the October. October 7 attacks when Hamas took about 240 people. Many of you will have seen the footage of the hostages being driven in Red Cross vehicles across the border into Egypt before being reunited with their families. Joining us now from Jerusalem is Sarah Davies from the Red Cross. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Can you just tell us a little bit about how these exchanges work practically? Do you know how long ahead of time, who goes, these kinds of things? Um, Of course. So uh, our teams are in Gaza. Uh, Actually, first of all, we need the agreement of all the parties involved. I I think that's a really important point to begin with. Then our teams, uh, who are there ready, who are waiting. We have the vehicles ready um, with things like blankets inside. We do know our, our staff who will be attending uh, this transfer ahead of time. They, they stand ready as they get that notification call to then leave our office, travel to this uh, meeting point where then they receive the hostages from Hamas cars, from Hamas hands into their care. Um, our team's first priority is really, of course, to reassure the hostages, uh, to let them know that they're with us now, that they are safe, that we will be taking them out of Gaza, uh, where they will receive any medical assessment, psychological assessment, and really most importantly, be reunited with their families and loved ones. We then transport them um, out of Gaza and hand them on to the authorities for the next steps in that process. So how have the hostages seemed, the ones you've picked up? Uh, We can't speak to the the conditions uh, of them, of course. We leave that space for the hostages themselves and the families. But what our teams have reported, I've spoken to them, is really an overwhelming sense of relief. Um, It is quite an emotional time, as you can imagine. We are unsure ahead of time what these people have been told, whether they have been told they will be released, uh, and so, of course, we, we offer them that reassurance. But my teams have reported that it's such an emotional time um, that they're, they're almost in tears uh, because there's such relief on the hostages, in the hostages' eyes, on their faces. Of course, it can take a while to, to really sink in what's happening. Um, but I think most of them are, are really looking ahead to when they, then they, when they will be back with their families. Do you know exactly who you were picking up before you go to the spot? Uh, I believe in in part of the agreement, uh, we will receive the numbers. I'm unsure if we uh, are aware of exactly who we'll be picking up. This would need to be uh, discussed and decided at a political level. So between those parties, between Hamas, Israel, and of course the mediators, um, our job is is that neutral facilitator, that really trusted bridge between. And of course, the most important part for us is uh, completing this, picking up whoever we are able to. It must be a very difficult line to walk. As you say, you have to maintain neutrality. You are dealing with people who have taken hostages and relying on their goodwill to release them to you. At the same time, you are transporting them back over a border so they can go home to Israel. Yes. Uh, Neutrality is really the 
the essential part of, of us as an organisation. Um, it is not always well understood. Of course, in a war, in a conflict, it's not always popular. Uh, but we really rely on that trust. You know, we don't have weapons. We don't have political affiliations. What we have is the trust of uh, any party to any conflict around the world. And, of course, here this includes Israel and Hamas. Uh, and that's why we are always in uh, direct conversation with them. This is why we don't come out with political statements. This is why we remain our, uh, remain neutral, uh, because we, we really need that trust in order to carry out these types of operations. So while the ceasefire has been um, happening, what has that allowed um, you to do in terms of aid and other assistance in Gaza? So, of course, uh, we do know that, that aid trucks have been entering, um, that a lot of uh, other organisations, as well as our movement partners, the Palestine Red Crescent Society, have been distributing aid. Uh, we have handed over uh, medical supplies to two hospitals uh, that are receiving an influx of patients. We have a surgical team currently in a hospital in the south of Gaza, and they've reported that, of course, while the skies are silent now, while there is a ceasefire, people are feeling more comfortable, more safe to walk uh, from the north to the south. While this is, you know, of course, I welcome that the, the, the guns have fallen silent. What this means is that there is a really, really high volume of people and patients needing treatment. Um, our doctors have reported that they've never seen the influx of patients uh, over the last few days. Uh, there are things like people who have been uh, injured, wounded, who have been unable to receive medical treatment. These wounds have been left open. And unfortunately, our teams are reporting that they have to do a lot of uh, amputations purely because of this. This is the situation. Um, so while we, of course, welcome the aid that has been allowed in. We welcome the ceasefire. What we are always calling for is a sustained flow. More aid needs to enter simply to deal with the immense needs that exist on the ground in Gaza for the people who are not involved in this fight, in this conflict. What about an assessment of the extent of the damage? Because it's going to start getting cooler in, in um, the Palestinian mm-hmm. territory and people's homes have been absolutely decimated. What more do you know about the level of damage and how people are being housed and what is going to happen? So as we've seen, as you mentioned, there has been a lot of, of damage to, to buildings. There's, been, there's rubble, debris. Um, in the south, where hundreds of thousands of people have now been displaced to, they don't have homes anymore. As you say, they have nowhere to go back to. We know that a lot of people are sleeping in tents. Um, You know, we are providing tents. Other organisations are providing tents and blankets and everything that we can. But the weather is getting colder. The temperatures are dropping quickly. Um, And this is really why so much more is needed to be done. So much more aid is needed to deal with things like this. People have come out of hospital and they don't have anywhere to go to. They've been released. Their their wounds uh, may have healed, but their lives... Uh, are still in shambles right now. Um, so we re- really call, we really reiterate, first and foremost, that civilians need to be protected in conflict. They need to be able to, to live their lives uh, in safety. Um, and, and as we see the situation now, much more aid needs to uh, enter Gaza in order to, to deal with not just the weather, but things like food, things like water. We need water pumps. We need desalination pumps. 
uh, medical supplies, electricity and power so that people can, can contact their family members. Sarah, while the Red Cross, people will have seen those pictures of the Red Cross ferrying those hostages back over the border. Do you have anything to do with the transportation of Palestinians in the opposite direction, the prisoners that are being released in exchange for the hostages? Yes. Uh, So in our role as this neutral facilitator, we also facilitate uh, the release and transfer of those Palestinian detainees that have been released from Israeli places of detention. Uh, we have teams that are that go there. They they meet them. We have pre-departure interviews. We have a bus that collects them um, and then, of course, carries them on to uh, where they can reunite with their families as well. And many of them are children, as we understand it, minors. Uh, as far as I have seen, yes, we, we know that the reports include there are children. Um, we, of course, cannot con- comment on that, the ages of these um, of these released detainees. But from uh, discussions with my colleagues on the ground in the West Bank, we also know that this has been you know, a very anxious time uh, for their families uh, and that it is quite moving um, when we see these, these, these families reunited. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. That is Sarah Davies from the Red Cross joining us live there from Jerusalem. As you heard, they are involved in uh, transporting hostages, released hostages back over the border from Gaza and also returning the released Palestinian prisoners to their families too.